Hey folks, it's Mike Shea from SlyFlourish.com here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy DM Prep. Lazy DM Prep is a weekly show shot 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Times in which I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my D&D game. In this case, I am running a homebrew Eberron campaign that I am calling The Second Morning. This show is brought to you by the backers of Sly Flourish on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash slyflourish, you too can help keep shows like this going and keep the website going and keep the servers going and the email lists and all other kinds of things, uh, the little odds and ends that it takes to uh, keep Sly Flourish going. For those of you who uh, are, are a patron of Sly Flourish, thank you very much for your support. Uh, as a patron, you get access to a monthly newsletter. Uh, the last one just went out, I think, a few days ago, about three days ago. Uh, you get access to uh, a bunch of little odds and ends. You get access to a dedicated Discord channel. You get access to uh, uh, my campaign notebooks that I'm keeping in Notion. And you get uh, a, access to an exclusive adventure called uh, Regnum Rattus, The Rats in the Cellar, a level one to five adventure set underneath a strange uh, inn and the, the caves that exist underneath. So that is an exclusive adventure just for supporters of Sly Flourish on Patreon. Uh, let's see. So, uh, yes, I mentioned that I'm running an Eberron game. Oh, yeah, the Kickstarter. So we just finished last Wednesday the Kickstarter for Fantastic Lairs. Let's see if I have can bring something up here. So uh, though the Kickstarter is over, I want to, for those of you who back the Kickstarter, thank you very much. Your support helped considerably. Uh, Scott and James and I are hard at work putting together this book. I was just working on the 20th level, uh, the 20th level lair, which is an ancient gold dragon archmage that's been possessed by a demon. And uh, I actually ran it. I did a play test. Boy, <clears throat> talk about a mess. I did a, a very <laughs> Snark Knight says, Jesus, yes. So here's the funny thing. I ran it. I took an ancient gold dragon. I gave it a bunch of spells. Uh, I gave it a bunch of other abilities. And I was just, I haven't even finished the lair yet, but some, a friend of mine, his kids are just learning how to play D&D. This is kind of a funny story. So my friend's kids are just learning how to play D&D. They're, they're young. I think one's probably a young teen, what, 12. It's like, you know, between like seven and 12, right? Young, young kids, right at that D&D age. And the oldest of them uh, started getting into D&D and started with pre-gen characters that they downloaded off the internet for fifth edition, but they were playing with the rule books for third edition, including the monsters from third edition. So if you recall, the monsters from third edition have armor classes of like 36, right? The high level. Oh, and they decided they wanted to do it at 20th level. So they downloaded 20th level characters and they built like a dungeon and he's taken like the hardest monsters in the book, which is something like, you know, now I go like, oh, just start at first, please. Just grab the starter set and start there. Please grab the starter set or the, D the essentials kit and go with those. And, but, but back then, like when I was 12, I would totally just run 20th level attack, you know, 20th level characters. I go like, yeah, because I can go to the highest level. Like, why would I go through all those levels? I just go to the highest level and I'll and I'll fight bosses and then I'm done with the ND. And uh, so they were fighting him. And I'm trying to explain, like, hey, my mom is here. Hello, mom. Um, I was trying to explain that uh the math doesn't work. That like when you're trying to use fifth edition characters against third edition monsters, like the armor class doesn't work. And I said, at least lower the AC of the monsters by like 10, you know, and then it's close. And then he's like, Oh, okay. Because they're not figuring out the odds. And if they figured out the odds, they'd realize, like, even at 20th level, you're not going to be able to, you're going to hit on, like, you know, you have to hit on a 20. So it was pretty crazy. 
Uh, anyway, they were real excited about running 20th level stuff. And, and they called back and they said, now we've got they, that. So I, I talked to their, their dad and I sent him a shopping list and he bought and he bought everything on the shopping. List. I was like, you just need the essentials kit. He's like, no, I'll buy it all. So he bought the core book set with all three core books and he bought the essentials kit. And so next time I FaceTime him again, this is me FaceTiming them. And I FaceTime him again and he pulls out. And now I look and the kid's got the new DM screen in front of him. He's looking, kids all confidence, right? He's like 12 years old, but he's all confident. He totally knows about D&D. You know, he's got every, he knows what's going on. And he's playing it at 20th level again. And, and I forget what they were fighting, but he's like, this is all too easy. And I'm like, you want hard? How about I throw my ancient gold dragon archmage against you? And they're like, yeah. So I'm like, all right, let's do it, right? So I pull out my archmage. And I'm like, so who's got characters? There were four players, Joe, the father, uh, and his three kids, and each of them had two characters. So, so I'm running an encounter against eight 20th level characters, which is not a great way to play D&D or learn how to play D&D, but they were into it. So, so I went all into the story. I'm describing, you know, what's his name? I can't remember the guy's Kurigan, the shining star or something like that. And this possessed, this possessed, uh, gold dragon. And, um, you know, and so he starts off and, there, I rolled initiative, and the initiative list is nine people, right? It's huge. And it's just a dragon. I didn't throw other monsters at him yet. Um, and I, you know, the, the dragon goes last, but it has legendary actions. So I'm fireballing them between every turn. And I only gave him three legendary actions. I probably should have done one legendary action. Here's a key about legendary actions, which is you, it's not in the rules, but the rules expect that you're, that you have four, um, four characters and there's the legendary monsters have three legendary actions. So it makes sense that essentially the expectation is that the legendary monster goes between every character's turn that exists. So that means that if you want to scale a legendary monster for more players, one way to do that is give it more legendary actions. Basically a monster should have one legendary action per character minus one. Um, that makes sense. But I didn't do that. I should have done that because uh, with eight characters, it's just over the top. And I'm like, you know, these kids have never played before. This is going to be, you know, this is going to be quick. And, it, you know, narrator, it wasn't quick. Uh, so he starts fireballing them. And he hits like six of the eight characters with a fireball between everyone's turn. Bang, bang, bang. You know, three fireballs in a row. 28 damage each. And, you know, but these guys got like 270 hit points, right? They're great. They're 20 level characters with all the odds and ends. So they have lots of hit points. So the fireballs didn't do a whole lot. And then the, they, all the characters got to act. And they were pretty smart. They cast Globe of Invulnerability to stop the fireballs and then had a couple characters that would hug the person in the globe. The paladin threw up a circle of power, which gives everybody uh, advantage on saving throws. And if you, you take half damage on damage effects or none if you save, which is super powerful against ancient gold dragons that cast spells, apparently. Really good to know. And um, Snark Knight says, I've never been that good at D&D. Yeah, they were really good. They're smart. They're re- and the first time they read the book, they're like, what does Circle of Power do? And then they go to the book and we're going to do that. I'm like, oh, my God, they picked the most powerful thing right off the bat. So they threw up Circle of Power. They threw up Globe of Vulnerability. Uh, the dragon breathed on them and did 78 damage to everybody, you know, with the gold dragon's breath. And then they, after they got breathed on and fireballed four times, they cast uh, Mass Healing Word. Mass Healing Word? Mass Heal right? Ninth level mass heal. And everyone gained seven. I mean, it was 700 total hit points that healed everybody. So, and oh man, the pain of like, you know, who's going to take how many and oh wait, I know how many I get. And it went back. Like, it's too complicated, right? Like, 
I was just like, just heal yourselves all up to full, right? Or everybody's up to full except for these two that have like, you know, 20 points of damage or something like that. So, because it was just a hassle. There is a, so much bookkeeping. And uh, so they heal and they're banging and the dragon flies up, right? So now they're all ranged attacks. But the barbarian has spear to the eagle and can fly up and hit him. So they're hitting him. And I think by the time everybody, the kids all of a sudden, like, breathe more spells, more fireballs. And the, the, what really ended up happening is, like, they're not going to kill it because they got it about 280 points down. They got, like, a critical smite and a critical um, backstab on it with a rogue. So they did a lot of damage. But, it, you know, it's got 570 hit points, right? So they're ha- they beat it halfway. And, by the way, it, it has a phase two, which means it really has more, like, 1,100 hit points. And, and the kids started wandering off. They're like, oh, I got that thing. And they're like, Dad, can you take a character? So he's like, no, you come back here and you fight this thing. And it's like, oh, I'm bored. Right? And the kids are bored. And I'm like, yeah, I can see why they would be bored. Like this, you know. And we, so we got through, I think, two. Yeah, we got through three rounds. Second round, the dragon meteor swarmed them. And that did a lot, hundred and whatever that is damage. Except then they had the circle of the the circle of power, and they took like thirty damage, right? And they have two hundred. So even then, some of the spell, the twentieth level spells, are really hard to get to. So I'm like, okay, well, I learned, and I you know went back, and I've been tuning this encounter now with that recognition. I'm like, you know, I think the damage should be doubled on that breath weapon. One hundred and forty points of damage in a breath weapon sounds better, and maybe he can do the breath weapon as a legendary action instead. Of, like he could spend a couple of legendary points to do a breath weapon. And that way he can cast spells on his turn and then breath weapon off turn. So my, my thought was like, I want to turn the dial all the way to the right on this guy. So he'll be a TPK machine for 20th level characters. And then you can always dial them back, right? You can always turn the knob the other way. Uh, so we're going to figure that out. Obviously that was a very brief play test. I plan to play test it at least once more. Um, and I, you know, right now, but it taught me a lot. Like it's been a while since I've run a 20th level fight and even against complete, complete new car- new players, um, it ended up being a slog, right? So, uh, how would the dragon stack up against Tiamat? Monsters aren't really intended to fight monsters, so probably not very well. Um, yeah, I don't think you typically it, this is like the if you look at two pit fiends, two pit fiends will fight each other and never win because they can't do enough damage to each other that they're not resisting. So, um, yeah, there's a lot. I don't, I don't think monster, I don't, I, I think it sounds cool. It sounds like a kaiju, you know, Godzilla fight, but, uh, monsters really don't work well against monsters uh, i found particularly high level ones because they have like really super powerful resistances on one side and you know and they're damn you know i'll tell you the damage output on high level monsters is not good it's too low it really is it needs to be like double you know it needs to be about double what it is that's why going to 140 imagine a 140 point breath weapon at 20th level like now you're serious right like now we're talking Uh, I had to have I had to Tiamat last Sunday, and I wanted to just give up. Tiamat can be really hard. The key to Tiamat, I think I gave this cheat code before. So Tiamat breathes on on her turn on legendary actions. Uh, if she holds her legendary actions until right before she goes, she can breathe once with a cold breath, which does a lot. She can then breathe on the very next turn with a fire breath that does a lot. That will maybe drop a couple of characters, but you'll see. Then anyone who's still standing after that, she can go up and claw, claw, bite on them. And then if they drop, then she casts um, Divine Word as a bonus action. And as a bonus action, Divine Word will take anyone that's at zero and kill them. So it can immediately wipe out a bunch of characters, if, if the, depending on how the saving throws go. And if she does that on round one before all the spells go up and before all the defenses go up. 
that can that can work really well. Boy, this is a long way of saying the Fantastic Lairs Kickstarter went well. We're enjoying putting them together. We have a whole plan for, for play tests and everything else. Uh, if you missed the Kickstarter, there is this very poorly worded FL newsletter and book release sign up. Uh, this is a mail list. You can put your email on this and uh, we will be emailing people when it becomes available for sale. So um, there isn't a pre-order for it, uh, but there is a way to get a notification when it comes out. So that, that can definitely be a way to do it. So thank you all for those of you who backed uh, Fantastic Players. I hope that little discussion about fighting 20th level, eight 20th level characters is fun. Uh, that was pretty crazy. So uh, Eberron, boy, fun things happening in my Eberron game. Uh, so we'll, let's, let's take a quick look. Uh, if you want to follow along with these notes, uh, you can do so. Can I share here? Copy link. I will paste the link into the Twitch chat for you. And the, sh- the link is also down in the show notes if you want. If you're watching on YouTube, if this is later, tell me how the future is. And um, you can uh, follow along in the Notion notebook. So this is uh, all my notes now. I'm currently keeping them all in Notion. Uh, Notion is like a OneNote style n- digital notebook. And um, you can do a whole lot with it. I've talked about it in previous episodes, so if you are curious more about Notion... Oh, in fact, Monday, um, tomorrow morning, I have an article on Sly Flourish coming up about using Notion, and it talks all about this. So uh, you can also um, use the uh, the Lazy Campaign template, which is a described... I'll, I'll link to this one, too. Uh, copy link. I will paste that there. And also, that is also in the show notes and also in Twitch chat. So if you want to make your own notebook, this one has like sort of a self-instructed uh, lazy campaign template. You duplicate this notebook in your own account and then you can fill it out. You can customize it for your own, keep the template off to the side that you customized and then duplicate it to use for your own campaign. It's a real handy, real handy tool. People have been using it and they seem to like it. And I'm always working on it. So uh, in my Notion notebook, we go to old adventures and in old adventures, I have my, ooh, look, that one's renamed. That one's named improperly. Uh, my OCD is kicking in. So last Sunday, June 7th, is that right? That's not right. It was July, right? June 28th, right? So in the last session, uh, they started, yeah. So we started them off right at the beginning. I gotta close my, my door so my wife doesn't hear. Um, cause spoilers, uh, they went to, um, uh, they are in the city of the dead, uh, about to go into a tomb of house Civis that they are pretty confident uh, they know is being used by the Emerald Claw as a base of operations. But the strong start was that part of the lower Dura district collapsed in a, in a battle. And uh, if you recall in last, in my last, uh, my last show, they, uh, I, I rolled a die to see like, Hey, there's going to be a fight. It's going to be happening off screen and someone's going to win. And it turned out that, uh, so this was between the, the Dask and Leto Skull, who's sort of the main antagonist in this. And the Dask had sent a, uh, an agent named Triss, who's a very kind of, she's like the right hand of the leader of the Dask, a woman in Cavella. And she had um, a bunch of invisible stalker go- bodyguards, but she was being attacked by Alamia and a whole bunch of jackalwares. And uh, so there was this huge street fight that included a bullet, a troll riding a bullet that burrowed up through the floor. And or through the street, and that's what collapsed part of the street. So the characters are sitting there, and they hear this. And it, I, I thought I was pretty good 
Um, I thought it was a pretty good description because it's like they see the smoke. One of the characters just looks off and sees the smoke of of something happen, and then all of a sudden there's this rumble that comes later as like the the the, the speed difference between seeing it and hearing it occurs, and they see like spell effects going off like fireworks, right? You know, fireworks blowing up, and they're like, "Oh man, there's like a big battle going over there," and they're like, "Oh man, that's happening in Lower Dura." They're like, was that us? And it was really kind of fun because one of the characters took out Lack. Lack is this crystal, ball, sentient crystal ball that's made from the Dreaming Dark, made from Dalcor and has a, has a sentience to it. And Lack is, likes to show them things that are distressing, right? It's, it's kind of a nasty magical item, but it's powerful. It has truth seeing and it has, um, uh, you know, and it can see other you can scry on people so it's really good except it always shows you things that it likes to torment you with so they look at the crystal ball and then his mind kind of falls into it and he sees uh all these dead jackal wares and then he sees these dead invisible stalkers who are now visible these weird like purple skin tentacled horrors that are lying about all kind of broken and those jackal wares are torn apart and they see triss and they're like oh man triss is dead and they're like oh man triss's satchel is gone Lido Skull got the book. Oh, man. Right. And so off screen, they saw this whole um, this whole event of uh, uh, of Lido Skull's attack, uh, Valentine True Valentine Flameheart's attack. Valentine is a is a Lamia who has a bunch of Jackaware body or Jackaware agents that work for her. And they went and they got the book. And so now they know, oh, man, they got the book. And they're like, should we leave? Like we might. And they're like, I think it's gone. Like, I don't think we're not going to be able to get back there. It's going to take us hours to get back what are we going to do? And they're like, we need to clear out the, we need to stay of course and clear out the Emerald Claw. And then they went into the Emerald Claw. Does they went into the, the place and they were fighting Emerald Claw agents. And, um, they were fighting like, uh, ghoul spies, which I think is a lot of fun. I like my ghoul spies. Uh, at one point they used shatter or thunder wave. So everyone in the place suddenly knows that they're there. And so then there's this rumble and like, I think it was like 30 skeletons came running in from different angles. So they're trapped in this hallway with skeletons one way and skeletons the other. And the skeletons are firing bows and, and they're like, he throws a fireball and it blows up like a whole set of skeletons all at once. And, you know, so it was a nice big fun horde fight. Like here's, you know, great fun fight to blast a bunch of monsters all at once. And then they are making their way around. And I think they, did they fight something else? They fought a bunch of Emerald Claw uh, necromancers. Uh, and now they're making their way into um, the main the main vault. So uh, that's where we're starting today is like they're just kind of getting close to the end of this dungeon. I expect to have probably a couple of encounters. Uh, so using the notebook in order to have a new uh, session, I go to the session planning template right here. And I click here and I say duplicate. And it creates a copy of my session planning template. I stick it all the way at the top. And I go in. And we change the title of it to, it is the 5th, 5th, July, 5th, July, 2020, Sunday D&D. And we have our new uh, eight-step, you know, uh, our, our new eight-step thing here. Down in here, I can go to the, I don't need these guys. Uh, so I've got my marching order for the characters and the scratch pad. I like the scratch pad. It's handy. Whoops. That's weird. Um, scratch pad is a good place to like keep track of monster damage and, you know, Avre commands and other stuff that you would do it. I normally would put initiative in here. It's funny that I don't have initiative in here. 
Uh, I think for ease, I will do that. So there's a, there's also a scratch pad. I thought there was a scratch pad. I don't see it. Um, we will go into the campaign database here. And we will look for, uh, there it is, uh, initiative. Is this the right one? That's the initiative for Wednesday. Uh, where is it? Initiative for Sunday. Here we go. So I will grab this. And we'll go back to Eberron. And we go to the new thing. And in the scratch pad, uh, we paste. Let's see. Oh, I guess it kept the markdown. Ah, oh, what a hassle. I'll figure that out later. So, um, uh, yeah, so let's start. So we start by reviewing our characters. I created a new way of handling characters. I talked about it a little bit last week uh, in which I have sort of two. Let's see if I can get this to go to two icons here. Man, seriously? Is this wide mode? There it goes. Full width. Did that screw everything up? I'm trying to get it to, there we go, okay. So um, I have a new uh, way of viewing characters that includes a uh, what skills and what, um, uh, what skills and what their passives are. I actually am going to change this because uh, I don't need to see uh, the player here. So I can hide the player there. That's a little tighter. Uh, you can make the tile. Oh, you're right. I can't make the tile smaller. Thank you. Uh, where is that? Is that properties? Card type, small. Hey, look at that. Thank you. There's a good tip. Lots of, lots of things. Lots of things to learn here. Uh, so Zarentir Delander is a uh, sorcerer. We'll just click into it. Uh, is a sorcerer, uh, Tempest Cleric, Storm Sorcerer, Mark of the Storm, member of House Lerandir, probably is going to be uh, stealing his father's airship in this next uh, session. So that's going to be fun. That's something I should probably work on today. That's what, the, what does that look like? Uh, he's kind of a rich kid who uh, wrecked a airship and was sent off by his rich parents, who are also members of the Orem. Uh, so there could be kind of a fun, fun things going on there. We have Saber. Uh, Saber is a uh, longtooth shifter monk and bounty hunter uh, and uh, can, can access, a new fun thing is can access the Order of the Four Winds, the Temple of the Four Winds, a monastery that exists in Dalcor and is fueled by the Dreaming Dark. For a, for a plane that is supposedly not, access, not accessible in Eberron, I sure make Dalcor accessible often, but whatever. Um, shift is a Warforged Warlock, uh, one of the first Warforged that, that happened, and is secretly, uh, was secretly built by a combination of the Karnath and um, the Breland, uh, and particularly House uh, Kaneth, and is one of two, and her brother is Lord Crash, who is the ruler of the Emerald Claw here in Sharn, and doesn't know it yet. So we'll probably find out very shortly. Uh, Shane Husk. Uh, Shane Husk is a uh, goblin, hobgoblin wizard, um, hobgoblin wizard author who wrote a book about, um, uh, wrote a book about the last war, and is going off on a lot of this stuff, uh, and always knows a lot about like what happened in the morning, and you know, knows a lot about the morning. 
and uh, is eager to find out more about what's going on and kind of write a new book and is the holder of lack. Lack is the crystal ball, the sentient crystal ball. Um, evil sentient magic items are a great way to tug on the characters, I'll tell you, because it's, it's like a fantastic vehicle for secrets and clues. And it's an unreliable narrator, which makes it really fun. Uh, Banner is a veteran, Warforged Paladin veteran of the last war and, and Paladin of the Becoming God. Uh, and is a member of the, the group called the Godforged who are trying to build a new Warforged God. Uh, so, yeah, fun fun stuff there. Arwen Chi Zizu is a member of House Civis. Her father was uh, entombed uh, here in the tomb that they're in. And uh, I think his father's spirit is being tormented by the necromancers of um, the Emerald Claw. So uh, that can be, we can have some good times there. So those are the characters uh, in today's show. And again, uh, in today's uh, game. And as you see, I've got like a nice little table. I can see what skills they're trained in. And this really helped. Like, I wasn't sure if it would work, but it's definitely nice to be able to say like Shane and Arwen. You can feel that there's a tug on the weave of magic because they're trained in Arcana. Or I can say like, um, you know, Zarentir, you notice that there's like a breeze. You can just immediately hit on the perception, you know, on the perception things and or on the passives, right? And you know, Shane Husk notices things, you know, with investigation very easily, the passive of 17. Nobody has a great insight, but every so often you might have uh, Saber is able to notice something. So it's a good way of saying, like, who has the highest perception, investigation, and insight uh, are good, good, good kind of tools. Um, do you sort the skills or just, I just eyeball it. Like, the colors help. Like, I can, I can quickly see that, like, purple is Arcana, you know, or if I, I you know, it's mostly, the funny ones is the the ones I'm really, interested in as far as training goes are usually religion and arcana and i could pretty quickly see that banner is the only one with religion and shane husk is the only one with the shane and arwen are both have arcana but if i did like nature i could kind of do a quick look you know i can scan these pretty quick no one is trained in, in nature uh there is a survival is there a nature skill i think there's a nature skill right there's a survival skill uh if you know um uh what's the other one the healing one I always forget what it's called. I can I can pop up this list and see. Uh, medicine, right? I can look for medicine and see, does anybody train in medicine? I don't think anybody's trained in medicine. So um, yeah, it's a quick way for me to kind of make that that look. And the color coding helps, right? It's, it's not great because if you look like athletics, acrobatics, and deception are all the same color. That's not great. Um, you know, I could probably change like deception. Um, uh, I could probably, you know, get a little funky and like, bring all of the skills that are uh, language-based into one color. Maybe I'll do that. If I do it in the template, that would be really nice. I can, I can help other people by doing it in the template, I think. Conversation skills, running around skills, you know. I don't know. I don't know how I'd break it up. Um, anyway, those are the characters. Let's go back. 1028, I'm barely getting started. Time flies when you're talking about running 20th level adventures against eight characters. So I've done that. Uh, so the strong start, uh, the good, good question. So I'm going to pull up something here. Uh, Google, let's see, docs. Um, bring up Google presentation. And uh, Sunday D&D. I'm pretty sure. So I've been using Google presentations for uh, maps and stuff like that when I want to show things off. And so I think they just finished. So 
the real thing is that they have wiped out. They still got a little ways to go. Oh, they got flame skulls coming up. Flame skulls. Oh, did they kill a flame skull? I think they already killed a flame skull. They did. So they 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 went down here and they dealt with these guys and they're probably going to head back up to this other one. Uh, I don't know. Um. So there's some fun little hidden crypts back here, and there might be a fun trap door. That might be cool. And then, uh, I don't know, I could throw relics or other, like what kind of fun things could they find in the hidden vaults of House Civis um, is, a, is a good question. Uh, and is there any other guardians that they have to face? Like if, if the boss here, this is that sort of situational D&D, right? Which is if the boss knows that they're under attack, and they sent an army of skeletons, and the army of skeletons got um, got wiped out, uh, and they're losing guys. What you know? What else could he send against them that he would have on hand? Um, I think minotaur skeletons would be pretty great, right? Four minotaur skeletons. Uh, Civis is a language scribing house. Yeah, so they might have like old books and stuff like that. A pair of sending stones, that might be good, right? Maybe we could find a pair of sending stones here. That'd be a good, good treasure. Let's stick that in the treasures. Um, jump down to treasures and we'll do sending stones. Uh, beyond. Uh, sending stones. Let me grab that. Let me grab the URL and we'll just link it. To make my life a little easier. Uh, link. This is really the handy thing about having, I mean, obviously you can do this with OneNote too. Um, you know, it's a handy, uh, it's a handy thing to be able to just quickly link. And now you just go bink and you get your sending stones, right? Um, that's pretty cool. Uh, sending stones are probably a good one. Um, maybe a relic. I'm jumping to the end, right? I'm worried about magic items when I should be worried about. Let's look at relics. I think I always love using relics. I like to order them by level range and then jump to about the middle. I like to give them a gothic opal that casts stinking cloud. Gaseous form elemental conjure barrage while a fire hallucinatory. What's aura of life? Uh, I'm looking for some that would fit. Um, Um, cool arcane forked rod that casts Mordenkainen's private sanctum. That sounds pretty good. That sounds powerful too. Um, private sanctum. Uh, Pretty cool. Link. So now I have a kind of a fun relic, uh, and then a bunch of treasure. Right? There'll there'll, there'll be um, probably a stash of you know jewels and art. Uh, I like donjon for my treasure. I know I jumped straight to treasure. Uh, if we go down to random generator and we say treasure hoard, um, yeah, this is all good stuff. Look at this, expensive, right? 
Good stuff. Really, really expensive. They'll like it. Good, expensive treasure. Lots of stuff. Um, Donjon, yeah, fantastic. This, this, I'll paste it. Because it's awesome. Great generator for, for treasure and the like. Um, so treasure's good. Lots of good treasure. Monsters. So um, the strong start is going to be uh, Minotaur Skeletons. Uh, I think four are probably appropriate. They are... So if we do... Uh, how many? There's six characters, potentially. They are fifth level. That's a total level count of 30 and they're above fifth so we have that to 15 so they can handle up to cr they can handle up to a total of 15 crs worth of monsters um minotaur skeleton uh and they are cr2 so they can handle what uh seven of these um they are large Um, I think, uh, they fought a giant skeleton. Let's go to the giant. I like sort of like the skeleton guardians, right? Yeah. So these like three armed skeletal guardians, um, they are powerful. Uh, I forget what these are from. These are from tomb of horrors, right? They, 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 they created these for tomb of horrors. They're immune to turn. They have 115 hit points. Uh, and in theory, at their challenge rate, they do a fair bit of damage. Three attacks, 18. So I think a pair of giant skeletons is a better fight. They've already fought one. But I think fighting a couple of them would be better. Maybe as many as three. And they're huge, but I say that they're medium. I just say that they're like these, you know, they're 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 sort of an emerald claw creation. Uh that are these really powerful, like skeletal lords, right? These these skeletal blade masters um, that attack with with a lot of villainy. So we will have uh, giant skeletons because minotaur skeletons, the, the, their attacks are so big and so heavy. There's no reason why there wouldn't, you know, there there wouldn't be. Uh, it's too many of them to fit in that tiny hall. So instead, I'm going to have a smaller variety of um i'm gonna have a smaller variety of more powerful skeletons uh and we will start with those guys that's pretty tough two two is probably a good warm-up um the hard part is like you know two against six the six get a lot of control going so uh what are the scenes we have for today's adventure uh first is uh giant skeleton attack i never know what to do like, I just put up a strong start when I'm putting in scenes. Uh, but I'm doing that. Uh, facing Lord Crash. Um, uh, oh, well, there's the secret chambers, right? Uh, those are the eastern secret tombs, right? Facing Lord Crash, um, and then Cheese, uh, Cheese Father, um, the Spirit of Cheese Father. 
Um, and then, uh, Cavella, meeting Cavella, she's pissed. And then the Goldbright, um, That's a lot of scenes that will probably not all happen today, but it's kind of the general outline. So my, my thought is that um, in this dungeon, the, 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 the four scenes that occur in this dungeon are they get attacked by some giant skeletons right off the bat, which are actually like skeletal guardians. Um, they enter the – they will probably go investigate the secret tombs. They may do that after meeting Lord Crash. So that might – I don't know when that will take place, but they'll probably go to – they'll figure out the tombs are there. And then they can decide if they want to get into them or not. And it'd be kind of a fun, interesting, you know, thing to kind of figure out. Um, they're going to face Lord Crash. Lord Crash is currently torturing the spirit of Chi's father to find out the word that can teach him where Claw Rift is. Uh, he also has a, uh, like a football sized Eberron crystal that's worth quite a bit and is very powerful. Uh, he was going to use it to blow up a building, but he can't do it now. Uh, and then also Lord Crash. So he's using that. Um, then after they've finished that, they will leave the tomb and return back to Dura. And then Cavella's going to get a hold of them. The question is, um, where are they? Would Cavella meet them at their place? Would she send someone? Does she have another right hand? Um, uh, I think... I think she's, you know, I think they 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 were the ones that saw a uh, veiled figure, like a spellcaster type, um, who showed up, and uh, I don't know, maybe Cavella just shows up, right? She's like so Cavella's an oni, so she can kind of show up anywhere. Um, but I think it'll be her. I think they'll show up at you know wherever they go, Cavella's going to be there. And Cavella's going to say, hey, he got the book and he's leaving on the ship. Um, by the way, uh, uh, Twitch friends, I, so, so Lido Skull has a huge black airship that's like a stealth ship, right? It's like a black stealth airship. Uh, what would be a cool name for his ship? I need a cool, a cool name for a, you know, like the Firefox, you know, like a stealth you know, kind of a cool name for a stealth ship. Uh, but he's getting on board and he's taken off. And uh, the night sky, that's pretty good. I like that. All right, let me grab that. Um, the Phantom Marauder. Uh, Nighthawk. It's not bad either. Kind of dig night sky. Um Midnight's. Um, yeah, so they'll meet with her and she'll say, hey, he's leaving on the night sky, the Black Razor. That's not bad. Death's Eclipse. That's pretty good. Um, those are some good names. Evil John. Hey, Evil John. Um, so Dark Sister. Eh. Uh, so he's leaving. He's got the book. He's got the Tomacol Seer. He's got the shard. And he's going to go try to find Claw Rift. 
and he's going to he's going to disappear. Now the characters can try to chase him down. I figure you got to have at least one good airship fight. Um, you know, that's like an Eberron staple. And so I think they're going to go after the airship. Now it's possible he will get away anyway and they'll lose. Um, it's also possible they will defeat him on the way and and prevent him from from leaving. So I'm good either way, right? Like this is kind of a, a here's a D&D tip for you. Like you know, if they win, I'm good. If they lose, I'm good, right? That like the this is a front and the front is moving forward. This is one of the main villains, the main villain is moving forward. But he's not the only villain, and if they stop him, that's great. If they don't stop him, that's okay too. Um so I don't know what's going to happen. It's mostly about setting up the situation of of uh you know, the, the, the battles in the airships and what they're going to have to do to stop it. And they, the, the party are, you know, slick, like the characters are slick and they will find a way to do something. They will probably defeat him, but it's possible he could in Oni form just fly out the door, turn invisible, fly, you know, fly out and then halo jump out of it with the book and then disappear off into the Mornland, Right. And he's got the book, but they've got his shard and they've got his ship. And then, you know, they recover it. And then, you know, Interesting things could occur. So lots of lots of kind of fun things to go. It's going to be sort of the main – to me, this is sort of the midpoint of the campaign. This is like the, you know, the big central chapter. This is after Indy recovered the Ark um, on, the, on, the, on, the, on, the, uh, on the truck, right? That he, he finally chased it down. He got onto the truck, and he, and he managed to take the Ark away from the Nazis. That's kind of this scene, and that's sort of the midpoint of this scene. So um, uh, let's see. Chi, what is Chi's father's name? I don't know if we have one. I will ask if he has a name. If not, I will have a name ready, uh, and his name is – I like to go to my names here – Vesta. I'll go with Vesta. That's a cool name. Vesta. Uh has the word to unlock the dodecahedron. Um, I'm not spelled dodecahedron. I think I was really close. Um, he hasn't given it to Lord Crash. Uh, what is Lord Crash? Lord Crash... Um, what does he want with the word? He still has this idea um, that he's going to give the word. Um, uh, why does he want the word? He's failing. Um, is he going to give it to Leto Skull? Maybe. Uh, uh, or trade it to Leto Skull, right? Uh, Lord Crash is, um, uh, uh, shift, uh, brother. He was built alongside her, but sent to Karnath during the war. He became... A valued member of the EC. Um, Lord Mother is um, 
what's her name? The Lich. Uh, Elmaro. El Lady Elmaro gave life to both Crash and Shift. Uh, that's cool. Um, what other secrets are going on here? Uh, the Droam has their own massive shard. Uh, it's a kyber crystal. So the Droam, led by the sister, the daughters, right? Um, The daughters led by the the, the, the drum led by the daughters of Sorakal has their own massive shard, a kyber crystal. That's what they wanted to do. Uh, Zerk says, "What program are you using?" I'm using Notion. Uh, Notion.so is the name. There, if you, I don't know. I guess you can't scroll up in the Twitch chat once you've left or something like that. Somebody can give you the link uh, if you want to follow along. But yeah, Notion is what I am using. Um, what other secrets? Uh, will they? Could they discover oh, what secrets about the the, the house Civis could they learn? Um, oh, the the the, the dodecahedron. I'm gonna figure out how to spell dodecahedron. There we go. Thank you, Google. Where would we be? The dodecahedron um, uh, is a is a is a compass to find um, claw rift. How uh, Civis could have literally any secret in everyone? That's true. Uh, claw rift is the central. Power in the and uh, I gotta go. Uh, who's I gonna do? I'm gonna go to Notion. Oh. Pull up, I need another copy of this. Um, they have locations and uh, uh, making is in the center of the city of making. Uh, Which sits on the which sits on the plane of glass, not the plane of glass. What's it called? The glass plateau. Uh, the dodecahedron can only be used in a uh, lightning rail uh, known as Karshak. Uh, Karshak uh, operates out of the ruined city of Metro. Um, Metro. There's another city, though. Uh, Eston is the city they're probably going to go to. So uh, Metro is the ruins, another ruined city. So I'm hitting like all the major cities. Oh, I should be linking these. 
cool bit is I can link all of these locations. So I can, you know, car shack. Um, uh, the city of making. Right. Uh, yeah, so I learned this, that if you use the at symbol in this uh, and then type out the name of a card that exists in the campaign database, you can link to all this stuff. I don't, do I have the Daughters of Sorakal? Let's find out. I do. Look at that. Um, all this stuff, right? Lord Crash. Uh, all this stuff is, is linked. Look at all those linkies. That's cool. Fun. Uh, a locate. Oh, so night sky, the stealth ship is now going to be a location. Let's go build a location. Uh, Hey people in Twitch, how would you like to find me a cool picture of a all black airship, a cool black stealth airship? Um, Lido Skull's stealth airship contains a massive. The other thing I need is a map for this place. Uh, you know, I can now delete the player uh, property. Are you sure? Yes. Because uh, that's now kept in another database. Um, so I've got the night sky location. Um, da, da, da. and um, so now I can link that. Let's see, where's Night Sky? Night Sky. I can link the Lido Skull. I'm here. Don't really need to. Because what I'm cheating on is like those are really all the NPCs. It's, you know, this gives you an idea. Like secrets and clues are really the only thing I need because it has locations, it has NPCs, all that's stored right in here. Um, is there any other secret? I got one last secret. Um, something that they could discover. Uh, how about um, uh, uh, what's his name? Who's the character? Uh, Zarentir's father um, is working uh, a storm ship. Keith Baker called a similar craft a storm ship. Let's see if there is one. Everon storm ship. Um, I guess we'll just look at an airship. D&D airship. Let's see what we find. Um, that one's not bad. The Dreadnought. It's a big ship that he's got. But it looks all cool. Um...
None of these totally grab me. Let's go with Eberron. I suppose I could do fantasy issues. I mean, I guess it's kind of like a spaceship, right? Um, stealth spaceship. Let's grab one of these. That that doesn't look bad. That that looks that looks pretty good. Sure, we'll take that. I don't know what the hell. Oh, that's the expanse. That's cool. Uh, let's save image as, and we'll just stick that right in the desktop. And I don't need to open that. Uh, and we'll go in here. I created my new one, and we'll just go in here. Upload. Desktop. Expanse is underrated. Is it underrated? I mean, I love that show, but it's a popular show. <laughs> and we'll just tag leave the skull here. There. So now our location has a ship. Uh, we should also uh, look for a... Um, well, let's see. I guess I don't need to worry about the internal of the ship yet, although I will eventually need some airship maps for the gold bright and for the other one. But really, uh, let's go in here. I got my secrets. Uh, so locations, we have um, Tomb, that's what I called it. Tomb House Civis was the main location. Uh, but then the next one is going to be, the next major location would be the streets, right? Uh, do I have the streets in here? Uh, so let's see what the middle, I think this is not the right one. Yeah, that's not the right one. But there's, um, ah, uh, oh, stop it. So I think in the Eberron book, uh, we have, do, do, do. Um, in the Eberron book, uh, we have, let's go to Sharn. I think it's in the adventures section, actually. Building Eberron adventures. And adventures in Sharn. And I think what I'm looking for is city street maps. And I think they're in the adventures section. Yes. Oh, perfect. See, this is, this has like a little dock and stuff like that. So, uh, I think we can... You know, uh, I think we can use that. So let's open up the player version of that. Just make sure there's no, because there could be other great maps in here that I'm not using. Uh, there's a nightclub. I don't need a nightclub. I already used the hub. My goal is to, like, squeeze every ounce out of this book. And so I try to use, like, all the maps. Ooh, that's cool. Um, I don't see any other maps. So we have this one. We will save that, and we will uh, go into Notion, back to Notion, and we're going to create a new location. Sky Docks, and we will upload, choose an image, and... Add that, and now we've got a map for the Skydocks. 
right? It's not great. Like it's it's got this one little place up here, but that's generally that's where the gold bright will be. So when they need to go steal the gold bright, this will be the the, the map of the place where they where they do that. So that'll that'll work. Um, so I've got that. That's kind of the next major location after they finish the tomb. Uh, so uh, NPCs, we can review them. Um, this doesn't ever really work very well. I need to, I need to change this. Whoa, what's going on there? So this is a bulleted list. Um, I'm not going to worry about this too much um, because – so I guess the only NPC I need to figure out is um, uh, Zarentir's father and Chi's father. But I don't, I'm not going to be able to do that in the next three minutes. Uh, monsters. Oh, we have giant skeletons. We have whites. We have a um, bone knight. We have a necromancer. Those are the, uh, those are all the creatures left. We have another flame skull in case we need it. Uh, what else? So who's guarding? We have uh, guards, right? And a veteran that are guarding the gold bright. Um, and then we'll have to get into like who, I think we'll do it next week because I don't think we're going to get that far. Uh, but who is guarding Leto Skull? Like, who does Leto Skull? Oh, he still has Valentine, right? Um, and she still has a, a handful, probably about 12 that survived. Uh, she has her troll who survived. Uh, and she has uh, some jackalwares. Um those are what Leto Skull's got left, but he probably has some other guys, armored ogres. Um, yeah, so that's that's like the remainder of his group, and he probably has a crew. I wonder who his crew would be on the on the nights on the what's it called, uh, the night sky. Um, the gold bright. And uh, and the night sky. Those are really the locations that are coming up. So I don't know what his crew would be. So he's an Oni. Um, he could have charmed people. He could have his own crew. Uh, he could have sort of a monstrous... I kind of like the idea of a monstrous crew. Uh, I wonder what kind of creatures uh, would follow an Oni. But I don't think i got to worry about that yet. We'll probably worry about that next time. And i got my treasure. So really, I've got everything I need. And it's just 11 o'clock. Perfect time. So how do I feel? I always like to think about how I feel about this. And I feel like I've got a pretty good handle. I like, I like to go a little bit beyond what I think is going to happen just to kind of have the next phase. I think that will occur. I think we got some fun situations. Like we have the situation here in the tomb, which is more of like a dungeon crawl, right? And that's fine. Um, then they meet with Cavella and she tells them. And then the situation is we got to steal the gold bright. And then the next situation is we got to chase down Leto Skull. Now they could choose to let the, if they let it go, if like, if they dally too long, um, if they dally too long, uh, Leto's going to get away. 
and they'll never go to the airship and then he'll be gone and they'll be like, we don't even know where he went. And then, then you can have sort of a, I, I think for both of my groups, they're eager to just spend a little time exploring. They, they, they don't, the urgency, I want to kind of dial the urgency back. So it's possible Leto Skull gets away with the book and the shard and he's trying to find out where Claw Rift is, but they don't know where. And meanwhile, their patron can say, I'm going to try to find out where he's going. In the meantime, here are some other gigs and, and she can say, you know, drop a few smaller quests. So it's sort of like side quest time, but they're really eager about going into old Sharn. Both my groups are eager to go into old Sharn, which is like the, the ruins underneath Sharn. And I kind of want to build that out. That's kind of a fun thing to do. So I think I'm going to work on that too. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how it goes. You know, a lot of this is you kind of put the big blocks in place and uh, get the build the situations and use the tools we've got and let the game go. And then we see where it goes. So, uh, we will we will figure it out. Uh, I think that is it for today. Uh, I want to thank everybody for hanging out here in uh, Twitch. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you guys. And uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, thank you very much. Again, to the patrons of Sly Flourish, thank you for your support. For those who back Fantastic Lairs, we're going to build an awesome book for you. So uh, have a great day and get out there and play some D&D.